recently in a crowd, I walked past a young man, probably in middle school, and he had this shirt on and it caught my eye. And I read the phrase and it said, the struggle is real. And I looked below the phrase and it explained, there were these icons explaining what this struggle was that was so real. It looked like this. This was the shirt. The struggle is real. Yep, no Wi-Fi, no signal, low battery. Can you relate to that? The struggle is definitely, I mean, it's the triple threat of our current human existence. Uh, Immediately, I felt empathy for this young man because the struggle was definitely real. He had no Wi-Fi, no signal, low battery. He was not connected and he was running out of power. It's probably not the end of the world if your phone is doing those things, although it feels like it. But I think we do face versions of those struggles in our spiritual lives. We lose connection with God and we feel like there's no power. I mean, you don't have to testify to it today. Maybe I'm the only one that's ever felt that, but maybe, maybe you're there today even. Uh, today, we're going to see that, that power and connection are possible. And in fact, when you're connected, there's power. And we're going to look uh, again into uh, the book of Ephesians today. Yeah, after a three-week hiatus here, we're jumping back in to our, our series on the book of Ephesians. Uh, we've had some great Sundays uh, over the last few weeks. Uh, the Stubblefield family was, uh, was uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, three weeks ago, the, our district superintendent, uh, wasn't he uh, uh, inspiring? And, and I think, I uh, feel like we, we had a great connection with, with him. I got to hang out the, this week with him at district assembly and, and uh, other pastors on the district and that's great. And then, oh man, I've, I, I, sorry I didn't pull you into the aisles and make you dance this morning, but I heard that last week was just above and beyond. If you missed it, um, then you missed it, I guess. I missed it. Uh, I've seen uh, the, the children's choir uh, uh, one other time, but not their full performance, so I'm glad that they were able to, uh, to be here. And, and we've enjoyed those things, and that's great stuff, and we've, uh, we've, uh, we've uh, allowed God to speak to us, and, and I hope you've been blessed by the Holy Spirit through those special services. That's the reason why we schedule things like that. Um, as we dive into Scripture, as we, as we do that and, and mine the depths of what God has for us in Scripture, that's great stuff, too. And I hope that you're just excited about doing that today as you were maybe uh, in in, uh, hearing and and responding to the the choir last week. I hope that you're praying and you're seeking God's voice uh, and and you're open to what he has for you today. So after so much time off, it's been like, you know, a month since we've uh, we've looked at at Ephesians. So I want to remind you a little bit about where we've been and what we've looked at in this little book of of uh, of the Bible, this letter uh that that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. Uh there's there's a it, it talks a lot about our identity. Uh, as, as we follow Jesus, uh, who we are uh, and, and, and how he wants us to live. Um, what we believe about who we are really changes how we live our lives. If I believe a certain thing, then I'm going to live out of that belief and it's going to change uh, how, I'm, how I'm living. And so Paul is writing here to Christians. These are people in the church, people who have committed their lives to following Jesus. So if that's you, if you've done that, if you've committed your life to following Jesus, then these words, this letter, was directed to you too. 
Uh, we've, we discovered in the first two chapters that, uh, that the, some about our identity. It says that, that we're blessed. It says that, that, that we've been chosen by God. It says that we've been adopted into his family. It says that we're redeemed and holy and, and filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me just pause for a second. Did you notice we have blanks again? Some, I thought I'd have some amens and hoops and hollers there because out of all of the, the awful uh, uh, hate mail I've received over the last three months of no blanks. Ultimately, whether we have blanks or not, it's my hope and prayer, and, and we're just trying to shake things up a little bit to be as effective as possible in helping you study God's word and stay on track with that. So don't get distracted by the blanks or whether there's no blanks, but uh, anyway, so you got a lot of blanks today. I hope the, uh, you know, the, you're getting what you asked for, so there you go. You are God's handiwork. You are God's workmanship that he has lovingly created. Uh, God has work for you to do for him, for the kingdom of God. Uh, and, and, and you haven't been, uh, we saw in the, the, just uh, the last, in the last uh, sermon in this series that, that I preached, we saw that you haven't been excluded, you haven't been uh, kept far away, you've been brought near, uh, uh, and, and you're being built into a place where God's spirit lives. I hope that's just the first couple of chapters, and that's not everything in those first couple of chapters. There's, there's uh, only six chapters, so, uh, so I'd encourage you to maybe read through this letter uh, at least once a week as we're walking through the rest of the summer and walking through this. Uh, uh, Ephesians has, has so much, uh, so much to, uh, to learn from it. Today we're, we're going on to chapter 3, uh, uh, verse 14 is where we'll start, and Paul is, is recounting a prayer that he's been praying for these believers. Uh, he says, uh, at the beginning of this, you'll see that he says, for this reason, meaning that because of all those things that you are, because of your identity in Christ, because that you're, uh, you're chosen by God and you're adopted, because you're being built into a place where God lives, because you are uh, literally God's workmanship, he has lovingly crafted you and has things for you to do, because of all that, for that reason, I'm going to pray these specific things for you. And so if, again, this is directed to, to these people in the Ephesian church that, uh, that, that were committed to following Jesus and they, were wanted to, they wanted him to live in and through them, and if that's you today, then it's directed to you as well. Ephesians chapter 3, beginning in verse 14, uh, Paul says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, and I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amazing prayer. It actually goes a couple more verses. We're going to get to those next week, because there's just so much in this as we look at this prayer. I hope... I hope that you have a robust prayer life like Paul had. I hope that you're taking times to get down on your knees and to pray to the Father, your Father. That, that you're so connected that, that kneeling down in prayer feels like climbing up in Daddy's lap. That's, 
that's the picture we get here from Paul. Intimacy with the Father is possible. Before we look specifically at what Paul prayed, and we're going to get to that in just a second, uh, I, I want us to see this as a picture of what our what your relationship with God can be like too. Paul's just he's just testifying to he's just showing that it's just part of his natural life that that as he's uh, giving all this instruction it's just going to come out of him man I'm going to pray for you guys because this is just part of who I am and it's this uh, this connected relationship with God uh, it, it's what your heavenly father wants you to experience too so if you're not experiencing that intimacy with God you can because God wants it if you're not experiencing it it's not him <laughs> It's you. With that said, I want us to look and see what Paul prayed for the believers. And it's real simple and real deep all at the same time. He prayed for power. Paul prayed for power. It's actually mentioned here twice and then kind of expounded upon. And we'll get to the other instance in verse 18 in just a minute. But first and foremost, on Paul's mind, was that we would have power. The Greek word for power is, a, is an awesome word. I can even pronounce it, uh, and, and it, it's dynamis, which you can already tell uh, is the root word uh, for our word, dynamite. I don't think they would have said it dynamite, but uh, uh, it, dynamite, uh, dynamic. Uh, this is the word for power that, that, that Paul is using here in, uh, in, in this letter to the Ephesians. It's, it's an explosive, effective, beautiful, scary thing, right? It's power. And Paul wanted you to have it. He prayed for it. I think he knew we needed it. Let's, let's unpack this a little bit. It's, it's, uh, first of all, we need to see where this power comes from because that makes a lot of difference. His power comes, it says, out of the glorious rich, God's glorious riches. New Living Translation, I love it, it puts it this way. It's from God's glorious unlimited resources. Uh, through, through God's unlimited glorious resources, he's praying that we'd have power. There's not going to be a power shortage. I don't know if you saw the news, uh, but uh, uh, was it overnight last night or uh, a couple of nights ago? New York City, ha- uh, like half of it, I don't know half of it, but a lot of it. Shut down, no power, the lights on Times Square, all the, the signs and everything, blank. For an extended period of time, uh, there was some fire in the subway or something like that, or in a manhole or something, and, and, uh, and, and caused a power shortage. That will never happen with God. There's not going to be a power shortage. Uh, that, it's, it's, that's important to know. It's important to know where your power comes from, where the source of power comes from. It's from God's glorious, unlimited resources. <laughs> the, the power that is accessible to you is from God, and that power will never run out. There's not anything that can stop or, or cut the power. It's always accessible as we rely on him. Nothing is impossible with God. That's different than generating our own power, which we do a lot. I mean, we can will ourselves to keep going even when it's hard, right? We face a difficult circumstance and we can grit our teeth and, and go for it. We can train ourselves mentally and physically to, to, to be tough. And we see people that do that and that's, that's great and we, we, uh, we applaud them and that's good to be uh, mentally and physically tough. We can be, uh, humans can be pretty powerful if we try and we train hard enough. 
But there's always an end to that power. It's never going to be enough. We get depleted. Uh, Paul didn't pray that we would be able to have enough willpower to hang in there for a while. Do you see the difference? If Paul had prayed, uh, oh, dear Lord, I, I pray for this reason. I bow before the Father, the maker of the, uh, from whom all heaven and earth derives its name. And I pray that they would just hang in there even though life is hard. That they just hold on for a few more days. That it will all be worth it. He didn't say that. He said that they can experience the very power that comes, a supernatural power that comes from God. God's glorious, unlimited resources. Uh, he prayed that that would strengthen us. I don't know about you, but I need that power. And there's way too often when I try to just grit my, grit my teeth and get through it. Instead of relying on the glorious, unlimited resources of God. We're asking the question, who are you? What's your identity? Well, uh, we are people who can be and are strengthened by God's supernatural power. We, we can be strengthened by the supernatural power of God. Who are you? You're, you're someone who can be connected with God so much that his power can, can live in you. How does this work? Well, it works through the Holy Spirit. This, this whole first line here that Paul is praying is just chock full of stuff. Jesus is, was, uh, was prepping his disciples to, uh, uh, before he, he went, back into, uh, went back to heaven. After he was uh, raised from the dead, he, he told them it's, uh, that he's going to leave, and they're all sad. And he said, no, 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 it's better if I leave. And they weren't quite convinced, and they, they couldn't understand that. But a few days later, the Holy Spirit was given to the church, to every believer. And, and so one big thing that that, that that meant was that Jesus' presence, his spirit, was now just, uh, was not just in one specific time and place when he was on earth Jesus wherever Jesus went that's where the spirit went right and and Jesus was the one who was who was and so he was limited to time and space now the Holy Spirit has been given to everyone who uh, who believes, who calls on the name of the Lord, uh, and and so uh, His Spirit is now spread uh, throughout the Christian believers, and and His Spirit is the one that brings power. And so, as we accept Jesus' forgiveness and as we commit our lives to Him, the Holy Spirit brings us power to live out that commitment and to live our lives for Christ. So it was better that Jesus would leave so that the Holy Spirit could come and so that each one of us could live out that presence and that power wherever we go. So we have the supernatural power of God coming from the unlimited, uh, uh, glorious resources of God uh, through the Holy Spirit. Uh, but where do, uh, it's important, Paul kind of drills down on where we experience this power. I mean, it's, it's not the Popeye the sailor man eating his spinach kind of power. And I'm glad because I don't want forearms like that. That would be, you know, shirts wouldn't fit. It would just be weird. Uh, but but uh, it, it's not physical strength. We're not talking about physical strength necessarily. This says that it's in our, we have, we have strength in our inner being. That's what, that's what it says here in Ephesians. In our inner being. Inner power. We might, we might call it fortitude or perseverance or resolve or, or mental toughness or all of those things, but it's, it's not anything that we drum up, but it's, it's God's supernatural power. I don't know if you've ever needed uh, perseverance and fortitude. 
supernatural perseverance and for it it's an inner strength that makes all the difference it's being able to stand strong no matter what is happening on the outside being able to resist temptation and sin uh being able to make it through and and trust and know that it's it's god uh, empowering you to live life even when it seems like everything's falling but that's what the spirit provides and that's what paul prayed for as he knelt before his heavenly father with you in mind that God's glorious unlimited resources through the Holy Spirit in your life would strengthen your inner self, your inner being. Well, what happens when, if and when we experience that? Paul's praying for it. Uh, it, it that's a prayer that, that God's gonna, gonna say yes to every time. Uh, what happens when we experience that inner strength? Well, he goes on and he says that if in doing that, 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 that Jesus will dwell in our hearts as we believe. Jesus will dwell or live in our hearts. The, over, the, over the 4th of July weekend, uh, you know, because I wasn't up here dancing with the choir. Some of you were, um, and uh, I wish there was more video. But um, we, were, we were at uh, Rebecca's uh, parents in southern Ohio and uh, it was it was our family of four uh, plus my sister-in-law and brother-in-law and then of course my my in-laws eight of us in in their home and and uh, that we were there for five days and five nights and each night uh, someone slept on the couch and someone slept on the floor and Nick loves to sleep in the recliner so that wasn't a big deal he just that's just what he does when he's at Nana's house our suitcases and our stuff Seemed like it was everywhere by the uh, after a couple of days, and I mean, I, I guess I'm saying that that uh, eight people living in a home that usually houses two, there it's just going to be I, things got we'll we'll call it cozy, okay? Things got a little cozy, you know. I mean, I, I love visiting uh, Rebecca's family. I would say all this even if she were here today. I promise, um, it's 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 great to be with them. Uh, we have great food. Uh, we have too much great food. We we have an awesome time. We have lots of fun. All those kinds of things. I guess what I'm saying is it's it's not home. By the end of the, of the weekend, I wasn't sure I'd packed enough clothes. I was scrounging the bottom of my suitcase just to have something to wear to church last Sunday. Uh, and, and you can't just leave things, you know, at, at home you have stuff in certain drawers, certain places, so you know when you need it, then you just grab it, and, and you can't do that because you got it in your suitcase, and then you got the little thing with the, all the toiletries, and you take it to the, to the shower when it's your turn, when somebody says, next, and then you, you know, you go, that's, you, I'm telling you way too much, right? But, but you, you go to the, go to, and then you realize when you're all ready to, to jump into the shower that you forgot something, and there's seven other people out there, and you can't just, necessarily run out and I'm mean, not saying that that ever that happened at all I'm just saying that it's not home it works for a while but it but it gets a little old and at some point it's time to head home why why is that why why do we well home is long term home is where you have your stuff in uh, in the the places where it needs to go in the closets and the drawers and all those kind home is where you sleep in your own bed home is where you you know uh, which uh, floorboards are creaky and you're not scared of the night sounds and you know the quirks of the microwave right or whatever it is in your home is where you can load the dishwasher the way you load the dishwasher any, right? I mean, this is, this is real stuff. Your favorite mug is waiting for you in the morning for that first cup of coffee. You don't have to use some other... It's, it's home. 
You're settled in. It's familiar. It's long-term. In this prayer, Paul prayed that Jesus would dwell within us. That word dwell means to make his home with us. Uh, in, in the New Living Translation, it says that, that Jesus would make his home in our hearts as we trust in him. It's, uh, this is no weekend visit or just a temporary housing arrangement. Jesus wants to dwell within you for eternity. Uh, he, he's settling in. He's unpacking. He's getting comfortable. He has access to every part of your life. As we believe, as we trust in him, he moves in for good. He knows the routines. He has the run of the house. I think maybe we're always at times going through process of opening up more closets or recognizing that, that God needs access to this little corner that I've been avoiding for a long time. But Jesus has access to those things. One other thing, I don't think I'm going out of the bounds of this scripture here to say one other thing that Jesus does when, when he moves in is that he, he does some chores. <laughs> um, he, he cleans things up. I mean, that's huge evidence that he's not just a guest, right? I mean, short-term guests don't do the cleaning. We have to clean up after they're there and, and after they leave. But, but people living as a family, people who have moved in, uh, they, they, they take on the family chores. Inviting Jesus into your heart and life results in him cleansing or cleaning your heart and your life. When Jesus moves in, we give him uh, access to point out what needs to change, to get rid of the dirt, to get rid of the sin. And over time, he begins to clean out every nook and cranny as we turn over every part of our lives to him. Jesus, Paul prayed that Jesus would make his home in your heart as you trust in him. If you believe, if you've invited him in, if you trust in him, uh, who are you? You are the place where Jesus lives. He is making himself at home in your life. Pretty cool thing to just think about and dwell on. There's so many metaphors there where we could go. So as we, as we look at that, just that first little part of this, of this prayer, we have to say, well, have I taken that step of faith? Do I believe? Uh, it, this is by faith, uh, through the Holy Spirit, God's uh, glorious unlimited resources, strengthening my inner being as Jesus moves in and makes himself at home. I mean, there's, there's so much. So have, have we done that? Have, have, we, have, have you taken that step to say, yeah, I trust you. You can make your home in my life. Move in, clean things up, have access to, do, do this. I want that power, I want your resources. Move in. Paul prayed that we would have power. The prayer goes on and he continues to pray for power. This one's a little bit of a different kind of power. And, uh, that, uh, that, that, that we would, uh, it's still this dynamic, explosive thing, but this time it's power or ability to understand or hold on to something that's true. Uh, I want to start at the, the last part of verse 17 and, and read, uh, read that plus 18 and 19. It says, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know the love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Again, we could spend the, next, the rest of this month just talking about uh, those couple of verses. Uh, I, I want to zoom in on just one word. One word that, that really kind of jumped out at me this week, and that is the word grasp. 
the word for grasp, it says in, in those books by all the, the, the smart people that I read this week, it says that that word was actually used to describe wrestlers as they grabbed and, and fought each other in a wrestling match. That's an interesting word picture here, right? That, that is how Paul described how we should grab hold of the truths of God's love for us. I was at a Rubber Ducks game a couple weeks ago. Uh, you've been to the Rubber Ducks? You know what I'm, Yeah right? They lost. Bottom of the ninth. Could have pulled it out. Didn't. It was bad. It wasn't bad. It was fine. But one thing they do, you know, they do all the silly little stuff and have the races and people are competing. and all. That. One thing they do, you've probably seen it, uh, they, they do the little, you know, they get the, the sumo wrestlers up and you know what I'm talking about. You got the guys and they can't put their arms down, you know, and they're, they're jumping around and, uh, and then one of them jumps on the other one and then kind of rolls off and that's it, right? And, uh, and, and that is not the picture of the wrestling match that Paul is talking about here. Uh, Paul is not talking about uh, a couple of guys kind of bouncing around for the entertainment of the crowd, just kind of having a a little bit of fun. I don't think it's there, Dave. It's it's just, it's me. It's not you, it's me, I promise. Um, But the, uh, the, everybody laughs and smiles and they look silly and all those kinds of things. Paul was not, uh, wasn't brought up on seeing sumo wrestling. He would have grown up seeing or knowing about what we would call Greco-Roman wrestling, right? Uh, the, here's a picture from the 2016 Olympics of some Greco-Roman wrestling. We do have that. That is what we should have in our minds. <laughs> That's how Paul is praying that you and I could supernaturally grasp, hold on to, cling to with all of our minds, that we could supernaturally grasp how much God loves us. It's not just this silly thing where we kind of bounce around with it for a while. Yeah, okay, it's good to... to ju- we, oh. The wrestlers grabbing their opponent, not letting go. We need to grab on to the truth of God, to the truth of God's love for us, to live out of that identity. You are loved by God. There, there's almost a pleading here as, as Paul is praying. And it, again, I've, I've said this before, but, but Paul didn't write much. He usually just signed his letters, maybe with a sentence or two. He was speaking as he's, as he's uh, uh, you know, someone else is writing this down. And so he's, he's, he's just so caught up in this, in this thing. He's talking to him and giving truth and all those kinds of things. But then, then he comes to this point and he just can't help it. He just breaks into prayer. And, and, and it, you just hear this pleading. He says, Lord, just, just help him. Help him to grab onto the truth of how much you love him. If they could just get that, if, if that could just take root in their hearts, if they could just begin to understand that you will always love them and that, that they'll, the, the, more than they'll ever know, that your love goes higher and wider and longer and deeper than they'll ever begin to understand. If they could just grasp that, God, help them to grasp that. Father, help them to grasp that. Power to grasp I don't know if we hold on to that enough. I think we, we do for a little while and it feels good for a little while, but then we get sidetracked into things like 
We get pulled away. Well, what's going to happen here? And I'm not sure how to do this. And I don't know what this, these people think about me here. And, and I'm not sure that I'm as successful as I need to be here. And, and, and my identity gets tied up in all these other things instead of the rock bottom fundamental truth that you will never reach the end of God's love for you. It's wider and stronger and, and longer and higher and deeper and all this stuff. Then and he, he prays that they'd be rooted and established in love, that they could grasp that with all of their might. What happens? What happens when we do that? Well, it says that we'll be filled to overflowing, right to the top and running over with God, with the Holy Spirit, that his presence will consume us because he's made his home in our hearts as we trust in him. It all, it all ties together. And Paul's saying, can they just, oh, I'm just praying that they'll get this. There's power. There's power. Hmm. Unfortunately, we live in a world where we can't see that a lot, and the struggle is real. <laughs> Paul knew that. Jesus knows that. Your heavenly Father is quite aware that your struggles go well beyond your Wi-Fi connection or your low phone power. He knows you need his power. And you can experience that power as you connect with him. You can have that mighty inner strength. You can have the power to grasp the truth that God loves you even if it seems too good to be true.